The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Jesus said, Hear another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When, therefore, the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the Scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds, because they held him to be a prophet. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. I once heard the Old Testament described as a devastated love story. So it is in Isaiah 5, which begins so hopefully, let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. And with the care and concern and single-minded devotion, of a lover enraptured by his beloved. The Lord plants his vineyard in the best possible place and he prepares it and tends it and guards it and waits. But it never returns his love. And so this love story quickly, dramatically crashes. What more was there to do for the vineyard than what he has already done? What can the Lord do now? For he cannot compel his beloved. Love is not love if it is irresistible. And resist is just what his beloved has done. And so the vineyard is devoured and trampled and becomes a waste filled with briars and thorns, and is parched. Some love story, you might think, a devastated love story to be sure, but by the end there seems to be no trace of love at all. Bloodshed and destruction. So more likely, you would just call it a tragedy. Or if you find yourself on the side of the lover, you might think it's a story of justice and vindication. The vineyard got what was coming to it. Or if you're sympathetic to the vineyard, you might hear a story of resistance to power 
and oppression. That's just how it goes with our parable today. What kind of story is it? A master plants a vineyard and sets everything in order, and he gives some tenants charge over it. At harvest time, he sends for the fruit, but from the get-go, his servants are beaten, killed, and stoned. Now, why bother sending more? I wouldn't have done it. I've seen enough hard hearts in my life to know that the kind of people who would do that once will probably do it again. And insanity, as you know, consists of doing the same thing again and again, expecting different results. So, the master is either naive or insane. And he sends more servants. And it happens again. And at this point, any uncertainty you might have had about the instability of the tenants should be gone. You don't accidentally or unthinkingly kill and beat two envoys from your master. These are truly wicked people. So what's the next step? Time for a new strategy, perhaps. But no, the master doesn't switch to force or violence. Instead, he keeps at it, continuing to seek the respect of his tenants by increasing his vulnerability to the extreme. He couldn't have been more vulnerable if he had himself had gone. For which would be worse, to lose his own life or to lose his son? Now, seeing the son, the tenants form a plot that is universally recognizable as pure evil, cold-blooded, premeditated murder. Now, Jesus says, you be the master. What should happen next? If the story ends like this with the bad guys winning and the good guys all dead, you have a tragedy. But like a song waiting for its last note, this story is begging for some resolution. And we can easily do it. Just like the chief priests and the Pharisees, we can supply the ending. We can make it a story of justice and vindication. The master will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. That's easy. It's every Quentin Tarantino film. It's a revenge story. It's a story about how the world is so messed up, but somehow, in the end, despite the massive casualties, most folks end up getting what's coming to them. That is, after all, the story we most commonly tell about the world. It is not, however, the story that God is telling about the world. The problem with the chief priests and the Pharisees was that they thought that in this parable and in God's law and in the prophets and in their lives, God was telling something other than a love story. Our problem, time and again, is that we don't believe it's a love story. How do you interpret the world? How do you interpret your life and the lives of your neighbors? How do you understand what you see? Is it a story of good versus evil or right versus wrong? 
Is it a tragedy in which everyone dies? Is it a story of justice and vindication in which everyone gets what's coming to them? Is it a story of power and oppression? Or is there no story at all? The twists and turns and traumas that take place in this sinful world cannot change the fact that this is a love story. As obscure as it may be and as hopeless as it may seem and as difficult as it is is to believe in this world that is full of senseless violence and mindless hatred and endless suffering and our sin and our shame, God is telling a love story. And here are some things you should know about love. Sometimes it is difficult to tell the difference between love and insanity. Love consists of complete vulnerability. Love is resistible. And the one who resists love gets what he desires. Love is strong as death. And jealousy is fierce as the grave. So what will happen next? What will the master do? He will do what no one even considered a possibility. He will take the stone that the builders rejected and he will make it the cornerstone. He will raise his son from the dead. And you get to keep the inheritance because he has not yet exhausted his love for you. Seeing the story of the world as a love story can be as difficult for you as it was for the chief priests and the Pharisees to see a love story in our parable. And that's why your lens for viewing the world has to be here. Here, God declares his undying love for you. Here, God sings before the whole world how much he delights in you. Here God tells again and again the story of how neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation has ever been able to separate you from his love. Here God comes again and again, flesh and blood, just to be near you, just to touch you. He longs to touch you as a lover longs to embrace his beloved. He longs to give you his life, to give you a resurrection just like his. And so, as Paul says, press on to make it your own. For Christ Jesus has made you his own. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.